Shalom, shalom, everyone, and welcome to the Noahide segment here on Israel National Radio. I'm glad you could all be here today. And today, believe it or not, I would like to speak on a highly controversial subject. <laughs> Imagine that. My friends, politics is the subject of the day. As most of the world knows, here in the U.S., we're in the midst of a hotly contested presidential race with possible historical implications. Now, as the founder and a member of Noahide Nations, I receive many emails on a great many topics. Lately, most have been the question of, I'm a Noahide, and I'm trying to do the right thing with my vote in the upcoming election, and with all that is wrong with our government and uh, uh, the politicians running it, how do we choose? Should we even bother to vote? Well, my friends, first of all, the answer is yes. Regardless of the outcome, you must stand up for what you believe and be counted. Many people believe that change will happen. Well, I'm here to tell you that it will not change unless you fight for it. Our weapon for this fight is our vote. So definitely get out there and cast your vote. Now I would strongly suggest not being like the voters who vote strictly along party lines. It always makes my head hurt when I hear someone proudly saying, I'm voting for my party or I'm voting on party lines. In other words, if Pee Wee Herman were running for president, they would vote for him as long as he was in their party. Please, don't minimize the importance of your vote by voting strict party lines. One thing we always hear is that we, the voter, must pay attention to the issues. I would suggest, of course, paying attention to the issues, but we must also pay double close attention to what the candidates have actually done on these issues. What does their record state? Now, issues are particularly important for those of us who are living our lives based on what is right in the eyes of God. This, of course, means that in today's secular world, we are not always going to get everything we want in a candidate. So we must vote for the candidate that offers the most of what is right in the eyes of God. Hopefully, doing this enough, we will cause change to happen and everything that a candidate does will be based on God and his Torah. Now, for example, if Nancy Pelosi, a Democrat who was elected Speaker of the House of Representatives, were running for president, and we looked at the issue of a woman's right to abort their children, Ms. Pelosi stated on Meet the Press very, very recently that no one can say when life begins. She's absolutely correct, but only in terms of no human can know when life begins. And I would add that only God can tell us when life begins, which, by the way, he did in Genesis 2-7. And yet she and her Democrat comrades, along with the liberal legislative body of the Supreme Court, have taken it upon themselves to determine for us when life begins. In other words, they believe that they know more than God does. So even though Ms. Pelosi says no one can determine where life begins, her actions say something completely different. So we must choose what is right 
in the eyes of God based on a politician's record. Vote for someone whose actions are in support of God and his Torah. So actions on issues are what we need to judge all candidates for political office on. Imagine that during the political season, just imagine this, all politicians become mute and cannot speak. We, the voter, would then be forced to vote on the past actions of the candidates. So bearing that in mind, let's take a look at some of the issues uh, that come between uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden and John McCain and, and, and Sarah Palin, and let's have a look at some of what they're faced with. Let's start with the recent aspects of the war on terror, and in particular, Iraq. Now again, as I mentioned uh, uh, last week and, and the week before, no one is in favor of war. Regardless, we are at war. And it is indeed a world war on terror. John McCain pushed very, very hard for the troop surge. In fact, so much so that it was even called the McCain Doctrine because so many people on both sides of the aisle were against it. Obama voted against the surge, and he said in January of 07 that it makes absolutely no sense. And again in July of 07, he actually said it wasn't working. Well, recently on the Bill O'Reilly show, Obama actually said that the surge has worked beyond anyone's wildest dreams. Which Senator Obama should have said that with the exception of John McCain, it has worked beyond everyone's wildest dreams. Why, my friends? Because John McCain knew the surge would work. Why? He's a veteran. He understands these things. He has been where Senator Obama has not been. But you tell me whose actions were more correct. Now, how about the issue of uh, what they call pork or earmarks on every bit of legislation that comes to the floor of the House and Senate? Every piece of legislation that Senator Obama introduced had pork. And he gained $100 million of our tax money for his state of Illinois. On the other hand, John McCain has had no earmarks of any kind. So you tell me whose actions uh, were those of looking out for the country and whose were the actions of someone securing their next election? What about the recent economic crisis, which you see in the news daily with Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, which may ultimately be responsible for the financial destruction of the U.S. economy? Well, back in 2005, John McCain warned us and the House, and the Senate, and everyone of the coming mortgage crisis. In fact, he pressed hard in 2005 for regulatory reform of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. In fact, McCain said for years he'd been concerned about the regulatory structure that governed Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, known as government-sponsored entities, or GSEs. And the sheer magnitude of these companies and the role they played in the housing market, there was nothing to do but reform that which they were doing. 
McCain saw this years ago. Well, McCain also pointed out that Fannie Mae's regulator had stated the company's quarterly report of profit growth over the past few years were nothing but illusions deliberately and systematically created by the company's senior management, which at that time resulted in a $10.6 billion accounting scandal. By the way, John McCain was the co-sponsor of the Federal Housing Enterprise Regulatory Reform Act of 2005, S-190. The bill passed the House, but was never brought up for a vote in the Senate, largely because of Democratic opposition to change of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac regulatory structure that remained in place until the Treasury Department took it over two weeks ago. Now, in the aftermath of the U.S. government takeover, attention has been focused on three Democrats with close ties to Senator Obama, who served as Fannie Mae executives. They are Franklin Raines, a former Clinton administration budget director, James Johnson, former aide to the Democratic Vice President Walter Mondale, and Jamie Gorlick, former Clinton Administration Deputy Attorney General. Now, all three of these Senator Obama-related executives earned millions in compensation from Fannie Mae. So let's see what these talented executives have pocketed at our expense. James Johnson earned $21 million in just his last year of service as the Fannie Mae CEO. I have no idea how much he, he made altogether. His tenure was from 1991 to 1998, but my friends, in his last year he made $21 million. How about Franklin Raines? This man earned $90 million in his five years as a Fannie Mae CEO. That's $18 million a year, folks. He did this between 1999 to 2004. And let's not forget Jamie Gorlick. He earned an estimated $26 million serving as vice chair of Fannie Mae from 1998 to 2003. All three of these men have been involved in mortgage-related financial scandals. Reigns is currently advising Senator Obama on housing policy. Huh. Johnson. He's, he was appointed to head Obama's vice presidential selection committee. And of course, let's not forget Jamie Gorlick again. He is a possible attorney general cabinet appointment if Obama is elected president. And by the way, Senator Obama was the recipient of the second highest amount of donations from Fannie Mae, second only to Senator Dodd. So I'd have to say that Obama has profited quite nicely from his friend's handiwork. Now who do you believe did what is right in the eyes of God? John McCain, who pushed for regulatory reform so the taxpayers wouldn't have their money stolen from them? Or do you think it was Senator Obama who received the second highest amount in donations from Fannie Mae and three of his close buddies 
were CEOs of Fannie Mae who we today look like we are going to be bailing them out for $700 billion. You tell me who was right. Now both sides are saying they want to ensure that the taxpayer is not hurt and is able to recover from its $700 billion investment. I would like to offer a solution to paying back the taxpayers. That's if we happen to survive the destructive inability of most politicians to do what is right. Now, if the government does indeed wind up making money on this bailout, the politicians should take all the profits and put it into the social security system which they have been stealing from for decades. By the time I retire at 66 years, 4 months, the lousy $1,255 a month that the government says it's going to give me, well, pretty much it will qualify me for a below poverty level lifestyle. Well, so much for 50 years of bondage and what we call the workforce. Huh. In conclusion, my friends, please be aware of what is at stake in every election that you vote in. Always remember that we get the government we deserve by virtue of our vote. If you want to see more a more godlike country, then it is time to rise up and fight for it. Take action to take back our country. Remember the politicians, they work for us. If they don't do the job, then fire them. If they are not qualified to do the job, then don't hire them. By the way, folks, maybe, maybe you can help me out. I have, I have a, a question here. This has really been bugging me over this political season. So maybe you can help me out here. When the liberal media and politicians say that conservatives are not mainstream America, what does that mean? And I've been thinking about it, and I'm just wondering, if I, if I know abortion is wrong and against God, does that mean that I'm not mainstream? Or if I know that gay marriage is wrong and against God, does that mean that I'm not mainstream? Please, somebody help me out here. Well, folks, I appreciate you listening. Thank you very much, and I'll thank you in advance for any help that you can offer on this mainstream question. Please, when it comes to voting, make God and His Torah the beacon of light that answers the question, who do I vote for? So from me to you, everyone have a great Rosh Hashanah, Shana Tova, and may you all be written and sealed for a good year.